Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, it's our annual I'm Going to Get More Productive This Year show, and we have a returning guest star, Todd Leiden, who is a friend and colleague and the director of the Small Business Center at Bladen Community College in Eastern North Carolina. Todd's going to be sharing his updated top 10 productivity tools for small business lists so you can be operating more efficiently this year. My co-host Gary and I will be sharing our top 10 reasons for avoiding exercise this year. So stay tuned for that as well. We're also going to have our small business of the month feature where we'll recommend some interesting businesses that you should check out. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host. I'm director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is the dean of... Gary, what are you the dean of now? I'm not sure. No. Oh, it's always changing. It is. Uh, economic Development and Corporate Education. Economic Development and Corporate Education. That sounds like a new, important, significant, weighty title. Well, it is a new, important role in the college. Really excited about it. It's brand new to the college. It's going to build off of what we've done in our school uh, business industry and technology. We're going to be working more closely with our partners or expanding on our partnerships as well as uh, expanding on our corporate education, whether it's con ed or curriculum. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, I'm, I'll continue to see how your title change. changes. We should like have it each year just we, to sort we of could. see the new different titles yes. that you we have. Do, I do get one every year. Okay. I also want to welcome our guest today, Todd Lydon. Todd, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Recovering and from COVID, as I mentioned. Well, you're, you're on the road to recovery, or, or hopefully you are recovered. I, I pushed myself through just so I could make it. All right. Well, we appreciate that. It's the first week in January, and you celebrated New Year's by having COVID? Uh, yeah, that's, that's not a story. <laughs> I would not recommend that. Okay. Well, it sounds like your case was relatively mild, you know, and we, we want folks out there to be, be safe and, and glad that you're, I mean, you, you look okay you know, on, on our screen, so I'm, I'm glad that you're with us today. Well, I mean, radio is the best way to look, right? That's, <laughs> that's the way to do it. Well, I sent both of you guys an article that I had come across that was published by the Federal, Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond and uh, written by a fellow named Tim Sablick, who was talking about a potential surprising boom in the number of startups that have occurred during the pandemic. And he bases this on data that he's seeing uh, from the Census Bureau uh, showing uh, you know, pretty dramatic increase in applications for employment identification numbers that have occurred since the summer of 2020 and have remained above pandemic levels. And uh, he talks a little bit about how prior to the pandemic, uh, we had seen pretty consistent declines in the startup rate of businesses. So what do you guys think? Are you buying or are you buying this? That uh, the, the, one of the outcomes of the pandemic has been that we've seen more startup activity. You guys, uh, what, what are you seeing? What are you guys feeling? What do you, th what do you think, Gary? I feel strongly both ways. Okay. Well, kind of like I, you started before we talked. I see the opportunities for people looking to say, hey, new things that are needed to, to deal with COVID and or also desperation of trying to figure out how they're going to get through uh, the COVID period, whatever that is, uh, which I hate to say, it's getting close to two years. Uh, so I, I can see that there might be a spark in some people to get uh, 
Well, if they've been get out there on their own and make their own way as opposed to waiting for somebody else to help them. When they got initially displaced, some yes. might have had to do it by exactly. necessity. Yes. So, so uh, You said it much better than I did, but that's exactly right. Todd, what, uh, what was your take on uh, looking at the article? Gary's taking the bold position of he sees both sides of it. What about yeah, you? That's right. Well, I think, I think you can see both sides of it, especially when you've got a low bar of what you define as a startup is basically just filing an EIN. I mean, if that's the bottom, then, yeah, that's, you know, we all know that that's especially, there's no cost, there's no pain, no, no uh, friction to doing that, so it's relatively easy. The question is, and it's implied in the article, is that most of them are quick and easy, and they're doing it. And one of the things that I'm changing up this year for both internal and external clients is the, and reflecting actually the list this year is the 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 increase of the gig economy, which I think is where a lot of this heads into. Is that um, not only are you seeing that growth from people as you described who lost something. But also, um, with more availability of medical insurance outside of traditional venues, and then people looking at subsidizing, even if they had a job or maintained a job through COVID, they're looking at, they're not seeing growth and they're not going to see anything else happen. So they're setting themselves up either for a side hustle, as they always say, or a side gig, and or maybe looking at something they're going to do in the well, I think the article has also mentioned that one, you know, that the area where a lot of the growth has occurred appears to be retail, and mm-hmm. and it talks a, a little bit about the fact that uh, the e-commerce segment of the retail business has, you know, pre pre-pandemic, I think that was around eleven percent, and now it accounts for about thirty-two percent of overall retail sales, which I suspect. Yeah, we, we all believe that and see that in that uh, during the pandemic, I suspect we were all ordering more yep. stuff online as opposed to going to stores. And uh, it also talks about how uh, Shopify and Etsy, you know, two uh, platforms for selling stuff online have also seen incredible uh, explosion. And, you know, and you know, Todd, you and I work with folks that might start stuff up that way and, and, yeah, one of the challenges there is in terms of economic impact and the number of people that actually get employed that way. Often those are what what you and I might call solopreneurs in that they're probably they they may well not be adding many jobs to our respective economy. That's not not good or bad or indifferent. That's just sort of what it is. So I think that that might be what's driving a lot of this as well. Well, certainly at Christmas time, all I do is get a list from my four children. Uh, of their online uh, presence that they want, which makes it much easier. Well, there you go. And then we just go to the stores just to get the Christmas spirit, but they make sure I order the right stuff so they give me the right tagline to follow through. And so much more uh, online than it was. Is that triple what you just basically said? Yeah, from 11 to 32. Yeah, 11 to 32 is pretty close, uh, triple. Pretty much it. Is that that what you're seeing out there as well, Todd? You're seeing a lot of the a lot of the folks that are working with you are from a retail perspective or starting online businesses and doing a lot of e-commerce. You see a lot of that. Yes, the the, the better chunk is shifted over to um, trying to do that, and then I think we've seen also in the last two years. I mean, all the ones that were 
the traditional brick and mortar have shifted over to making sure that they can compete because that's what all the other big ones were doing. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a component that uh, they've had to add in order to to stay relevant and uh, uh, really, and in some cases, continue their operations. You know, so uh, um, you know, just sort of an interesting thing. It'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see. We we don't know what what the future holds for COVID and uh, you know how how that's going to continue to impact these trends and and. Uh, you know, and I suspect we also do see businesses, uh, you know, and, and this is not the right word to say take advantage of the situation, but just see opportunities uh, that might not have been there, you know, whether it be coming up with some sort of unique uh, mask type situation or something else. So, uh, you know, there, there, there could be some opportunities that people take advantage out there as well. Anyway, so uh, just we'll keep our eye out on that. And we're certainly pro business startups, entrepreneurship. So we're trying to find our silver silver lining anywhere we can these days, right? So uh, you know, if well, my small business month is a online business. Okay. Well, so we'll we'll get to that in just a little bit. That's a good teaser. Gary. There you go. Okay. Well, let's let's talk some about productivity and efficiency. And Todd, we we appreciate you joining us. Uh, we for the last several years we've opened our Entrepreneur Exchange uh, season in January with you on our, our list. So it's always a, a very, it's a very nice new year when I get to see you and talk with you. So uh, uh, when it comes to finding ways for small businesses and startups to improve efficiency through technology, you're sort of my go-to guy. And uh, you, know, you seem to uh, be in tune with a lot of things going on out there. So we really appreciate uh, you joining us today. Before you get into your uh, your list, tell us, you know, um, I, I, you and I are both small business center directors. Just uh, tell folks a little bit about what you do down there at uh, Bladen Community College and, and uh, how, how do you spend your days when you're not uh, quarantining? Um, when I'm not quarantining, well, as we discussed, I have a dog, which is, is my, my, uh, my fourth child who I, you know, have to take care of like a child, but... Um, so a lot of it's centered around that, but, uh, I do a lot of what I'm sure you do, which is take phone calls. I just had one this morning from a gentleman who is at the tail end of his career and is looking at what he wants to do next and, um, talking about how he can take what he's been doing for the past 30 years and, and spin it off into something as he heads to retirement. And, uh, so, you know, we're, we're dressing, a lot of different, you know, whether it's a startup for somebody who's not been in business or somebody who um, has been in, been in business. And a lot of what we're doing is addressing their issues as they uh, have been dealing with COVID and all the, all the craziness in the last two years. So um, that's that's what each day is, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you, you and I are both uh, members of uh, the state of North Carolina's Small Business Center Network, and, and we're very fortunate to have a, a state that uh, uh, provides funds to put a center at each of our 58 community colleges throughout the state. So uh, we have a lot of – our network provides a lot of accessibility to folks that are interested in starting a business. So uh, uh, 
uh, Todd uh, and I get to be on the front lines of uh, folks that have an interest, and mm -hmm. sometimes uh, we meet folks that have uh, incredible ideas to do interesting things, and sometimes we meet folks who we scratch our head a little bit and try to help them understand that, that the chances for success might not be so high, and they might want to rethink things a little bit, so it's... Uh, one of the one of the good things about our work is that the days are uh, rarely the same, so we meet a lot of interesting people. But uh, what uh, Todd, what we always like to hear from you is to get a sense of uh, what you're seeing out there in terms of uh, apps and websites and platforms that might help people improve their startup and small business productivity and. Usually touch on a lot of different areas, so I'm going to turn things over to you to let you sort of talk through what you're seeing for the the, the ones that you're focused on for the coming year. Well, it, it's funny because I, I I look back at what we've been doing the past couple of years, and um, I kind of retired a bunch last year because we've been talking about them so much, and uh, I'd highlight everybody go back because it could, a lot of that stuff's still there. But one of the things I've been doing in this coming year. And it really got to what you are. It was amazing because when you sent that article, I was like, oh, wow, this is really dovetailing nicely because um, the whole gig economy is kind of where a lot of the focus for folks here has been. And so in the last, I'd say, about six months, I shifted a lot of the focus towards that. And in fact, one of the things we're doing here shortly for folks, because we're uh, such a internet deprived areas as a lot of North Carolina still is, is how can somebody work with starting or expanding their business using a smartphone? Because in many cases, it's the only reliable internet they have. And so one of the things I started working on about six months ago to address this as we go forward in this coming year um, to address that is to have a set of ideas for um, what people can do, uh, because as you, as you mentioned, there's a lot of times people come in and they, they go, I want to do something, but they have no idea what it is. They need a little bit of idea help and what they have versus what they can do. Um, and so one of the ways I started thinking about this is we saw this run about four or five years ago when Uber started. Um, and everybody knows Uber is, you know, the, the taxi alternative, the ride share thing. Um, that's become very competitive in the market. And you saw things that were essentially Uber for X. You know, how do you do um, that kind of shared? And it's essentially getting, you know, the market to address the need in an on-demand or um, platformed way. And so one of the things I was looking at, and we talked about some of these last year as uh, for travel purposes, and it, it mentioned a couple of things I normally would use myself as alternatives. But then it, when I started putting this together is what can somebody do? And it gives them access to markets almost immediately. So for example, um, and I'll give you a link um, where all of this is. Uh, I found a really great article that, and I love when I find a resource like that, that constantly updates that I don't have to walk back to. But um, I sort of have a top 10 list, but it's more about really categories. Um, the first one really is uh, what we consider the big platforms. And of course, the big one back in the day was always eBay, right? I mean, it's been around pretty much since the dawn of the internet. 
where if you wanted to sell something online, you just go list it on eBay and whether it was, you know, an auction or you just pay for it. It was a marketplace online pretty quick. Um, it's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit um, as it's become very competitive and, and uh, niched down into some very specific areas. Um, but one of the things I, I tell folks is if they want to look at getting into some sales pretty quickly is to start thinking. And, and basically what I tell them is, is look for some of these apps within whatever it is they're thinking of. So eBay is pretty generic. People know to go there. But of course, Amazon's started doing that as well, where you can easily set up and sell small items on Amazon without much of a hassle now. Um, and I know you've done some stuff with um, doing fulfilled by Amazon or those kind of things where, you know, you, you get some of your people who are traditionally doing uh, retail, but then want to do online, they're doing it through those markets. So one of the big ones at a local level, especially if you've got people who are not looking at doing a lot of shipping is offer up. You've probably seen that one. Um, and it's a, it's a pretty popular one, but is it a more immediate alternative to that? Um, that kind of has become a good competitor to eBay is called Bakari. Um, both of those enable somebody who's just trying to get sales out as quickly as humanly possible to a market, um, that, you know, they're trying to find them. That's a quick and easy way. Um, another good, quick one for that, especially if you're talking about clothes, is Poshmark. So I'm just going to highlight some of them, but I'll give you the list later um, where you can find a lot more. But those platform ones are the ones that they've been around for a long time, like eBay. And if so, in essence, they're the middleman for somebody who probably has a... a in most cases, a product, but then we'll get into some of the service ones here in just a second. But those would be the easiest ways to, you know, get that out there for offer for people to make it easier to find. And that's what, in essence, um, we're trying to do with Lottie Soaks, right? Yeah, well, and and yeah, the the you're you're helping them in that uh, these these sites have an audience already. So you know you, you know. One thing that folks have to grapple with is should I create my own online website and then I've got to I've got to scream and holler and make sure people find it as opposed to utilizing some of these existing resources where where they, they're 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 going to focus on building the traffic they're going to take a little cut of whatever you're selling but uh, uh, they've already built that audience out there. No, exactly, and um, one of the ones I'll skip down to because, like I, I mentioned, I think. Most people are looking at that, in that retail space, but then I think where a lot of our clientele comes in is they're not necessarily looking at selling a good, um, but they have services or capabilities they can offer, and especially for somebody who's starting and not sure. There's a lot of different opportunity for that, and I'll, I'll, I'll mention the one and, and give a good example of how it's exactly as you described. It's a good way to get into the market and then expand upon it is um, – rover and then there's other comparable service level um things I, I finally used rover in the last year but there's some i'll mention a couple competitors but rover is essentially the uber again the using the 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 formula uber for dog walkers or, dog, or pet care in general for somebody who has a pet and having a pet and needing a dog walker on occasion or a dog sitter you go in and 
you have people who are then qualified. The other reason why, especially in the service area, and that was the benefit, of course, with eBay back in the day, and, and also the, the thing that helps uh, the, the startup is that it protects as, with having that third party involved instead of you just offering it out right out of the gate, and it gives you that uh, credibility that you wouldn't have otherwise. So I don't have to worry about um, making sure that if there's something wrong with the service or the product, I've got this third party that can help resolve the problem. Um, whereas if it was just a private transaction, I may not have any recourse. Um, but the, the example I had with Rover is I had a, a former client who had basically started doing it there and then once they've gotten a couple of clients and gotten some good references, they were able to then shift out a little bit more on their own and start doing it. Because again, as you mentioned, that third party, while it's good for starting and uh, you know, building it and having the natural built-in client base right out of the gate, they take a percentage right off the top. So that, you know, eats into the margins. So it's, uh, it's you know, they, they do tend to want to try and get away from it, but it's at least a good start. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we often talk about uh, customer discovery and, and making sure that you've got enough clients out there to make your business viable, profitable. And yeah, these are pretty low-cost ways for you to get out there and test those waters and assess, you know, is there going to be enough demand out there for this type of business, whether it's pet care uh, or, or whatever. So, so we well, and, some, and, and some of the whatevers that are kind of along the – the side of that is, of course, you know, we go back to Uber, but the expansion of Uber to Lyft and other similar services got into, of course, during COVID, it heightened the need for the convenience of food delivery and grocery delivery. So there's a bunch of different opportunities there as well. Um, that market has become very competitive. Um, and so if you're interested, of course, if you're in an area where perhaps there's low, so for example, here, there's not a, I mean, there's a, there's a bit of demand for transportation for somebody to just give you a ride from point A to point B, but there would also be a lot for food delivery. And so a lot of the local places, whether they're local or franchise type of uh, restaurant, um, don't provide their own. And so they can hook up with, Postmates or Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub. I mean, like I said, that that market's really saturated. But it's both both that opportunity for the business that runs that and is looking at making sure that perhaps instead of thinking of, um, especially during, during COVID, not closing or getting too limited in what your services are, but making sure that you you get it out through the delivery, um, and then also. As somebody who wants to get into that space, um, most of the folks that I know, my son started doing it this past year in college, doing some of the delivery stuff because he said he could make exponentially more money than doing any of the traditional jobs he was trying to do. Uh, yeah, my, my son uh, did a little bit of that uh, uh, for, for one of the COVID summers, uh, uh, so so he, you know, did some of it's also tip dependent so uh you know you gotta yeah you're you're but but there's some opportunities out there for folks you said something well very... especially if they're smart about it and capitalize too on knowing what their own internal market 
where the benefits are. I mean, he, my, my son's pretty smart and he figured out, you know, the best places to go. And then also the best places to make sure, um, cause the nice thing was you could pick and choose, um, whether it was, and then there were grocery delivery, for example. So you have Instacart, which I think is probably one of the bigger ones, but then there's some growing ones, including GoPuff, Shipt, which do not just groceries, but if you need uh, convenience items uh, as well. So it's not just picking up groceries and food, but also other things. Um, so they, they get into it. So, I mean, if you have a car, and especially, again, if you're in an area like ours, which you know, incredibly rural where people can't get out as quickly and easily as they'd like to, that becomes an opportunity for the businesses as well. Again, I'm not just talking about this as working for, for the, the app, if you will, but also um, for businesses to make sure that they're providing a service for their customers to, to, to meet them halfway as well, because a lot of them are not don't want to go out. I and mean, that was what we found over COVID now that now that people have gotten accustomed to saying, Hey, just, I, I mean, you can have a, you can have a Whopper from Burger King delivered now. So it's, <laughs> if, if you're a small business trying to compete with that, you have to be willing to be able to, to, to get into that area. Um, going back to the platforms in it, if you are in a business and you have like one of the things that we talk about is what are the resources they have so if they're not making something or uh uh delivering something or using a car perhaps now i mentioned last time uh car wise that is an opportunity you can rent out a car if you got a car just sitting around um i used to i used to use tour well i still use tour all the time to rent a vehicle and that's an opportunity if you have a, a vehicle that's kind of not being used 24 7 um, there are rental apps that you can get into where you can rent out your vehicle. So, um, one of the other things that we've talked about is like, like I said, there's resources. So if, if you're trying to capitalize on saving up some money, um, and different income streams so that you can turn it to something else, that would be one to think about. But then the other one, um, that's been around for forever and a day, of course, is Airbnb. Uh, you know, if you're talking about running like room or space uh, for something on a trip but then one that's um, gaining some traction I know Airbnb's got gonna get into the space for both commercial slash co-work slash you know traditional um, office space kind of work but the one that's more interesting to me for somebody who's got perhaps a big yard extra garage space things like that because we're seeing more and more uh, storage space becoming a premium is uh, an app called neighbor where you can list uh, storage space for rent. Hmm. Um, so if you've got, uh, you know, storage space that's just sitting there, um, people, you know, in, in storage space, it's not cheap right now because it is at a premium. Um, it's, it would be something to think about if you've got an extra garage, storage shed somewhere that's just kind of sitting, um, you know, you can make some good money without much involved in it. Oh. And, uh, That's interesting. I didn't realize. Yeah. Well, no, no. The storage space is definitely a premium, and we see we see more storage facilities being built in our area. So, so no doubt. Well, about and that. I and I think I'm looking through some of the listings I've seen. I think what some of them are even doing is people are going in, renting larger size ones in an official place, and then kind of subletting it. Hmm. 
because they can get more. So they're able to do that? I didn't know if you could sublet. I guess you can do it. Well, I think they take on the it on side. themselves, but I mean, yeah. I've seen some of them because they're basically going, well, you're only going to be able to store in part of my space that I have, and they're not clear about where it is and how it works. But And then others are even doing it for, because even the storage space for a, a vehicle that's sitting, um, there are people who are just renting out space for a vehicle to sit. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different opportunity for that. Um let me give you two last ones, because, um, of course, there's a lot of, I, and, and uh, I'll give you the link in a second, because there's tons more. This was just a couple of the highlights and a couple of the more common ones that we've been seeing and using in the last, like I said, six months as opportunities for some of the folks that have come in looking for different opportunities. But two of the broader ones that have been around for a long time, especially for somebody who's doing services, um, that are the non-traditional, that don't depend on a car and don't depend on um, getting out and about necessarily. You've probably heard of Fiverr in the past. I think we've even talked about Fiverr before um, for, for resource purposes. But if you've got a service or something or you're looking for services, Fiverr, which back in the day was about uh, only spending $5 per, per gig or project, um, of course, it's gone up. But the idea there is you could basically sub out projects and on the, on the converse of that if you're somebody who has the skill sets that are being looked for on Fiverr you can easily um, offer them and, and start building up your client base again trying to make that market meet the need um, instead of trying to hunt down the clients yourself and in a similar vein but for something that is more grounded um as an alternative to Rover, as I mentioned before, for dog care, but then for child care and others, other um, probably more traditional services is care.com has a wide variety of those kind of things for child care, elder care, um, other different types of uh, stuff that are low skill, but easy to get involved in and to, depending on the market where you're at, of course, um, but I think those are great opportunities. And there's just a ton of other ones, including stuff for if you're looking at trying to get into market research. Um, there's a bunch of different apps on there. I've actually done some of the work on that, including things like mystery shops, um, both for the business, but also for people looking at trying to make a little extra side income. There are opportunities there. And then there are the different receipt and survey services as well that make sure that they're gathering customer information, and then also doing product audits for uh, major corporations. But for folks who are looking at it at a smaller scale, you could actually get involved in it as well if you're trying to just find stuff uh, to kind of up your income and find different re income resources. There's a huge amount of those, um, including some of There's one I've done in the past called Field Agent, where in essence you're basically just going out and doing an audit of uh, a store to make sure, kind of a mystery shop kind of thing. So, tons of different opportunities out there from both sides of the equation. And if you're interested, the the very obvious title of this uh, website, it, or it's not the website, it's uh, the website's actually called Financial Panther. The link, though, is at the ultimate list of gig economy apps, is the name of the, 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 the page. 
But I will give you a short version of it because I started giving it out to people if they wanted to look at some of these opportunities. If you go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y, yeah, that URL shortener, backslash Todd Gig. Todd with two Ds. Todd with two Ds, yes. Yes. So, so that's where we can find it. Yes, sir. Okay. Bitly backslash Todd Gig. Todd Gig. Okay. Todd's Gig. Sorry. Todd's Todd's Gig. Todd. Todd Gigs. Todd just Todd. No S. Okay. Todd, Todd Gigs. Gig. Okay. Todd Gigs with an S? G I G S or just G I G? I want to get it right. I hear you. Um, it's, hang on, let me make sure I'm giving you a right. We will put a link in our show page to make sure people can find this. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's just Todd Gig. O S P O D D G I G. All right. All right. Good deal. So, so, I mean, you've given us, a, it sounds like there are a lot of ideas out there. I mean, for, you know, if you're, if you think you want to start something, you're, you're providing a lot of ways for you to get, for people to get started, whether it's selling a product, providing a service to get started, you know, in a, in a, in a pretty low risk, low cost type way, good ways to test your product or service before you spend too much money and time investing in it. So, so we got a whole lot of stuff out here to help you uh, go down that path. Well, not only that, but like I said, I think for the brick and mortar uh, that have managed to get through COVID, most of them did because they adapted to most of these, uh, the opportunities that existed with these apps. And in many ways, they need to start thinking, especially you've got, you know, a small downtown business how can they capitalize on a loyalty app or is it a delivery or a you know, pick up and go and on demand, a curbside kind of thing? There's a, there's a bunch of them that can address those because people are becoming more accustomed now to, I, I mean, I know half the time when I go to a fast food place, I'm ordering off an app and just pulling up and picking up instead of going through the machinations of even ordering um, and in part because they, they give you incentives to do it, but also because it, it cuts down the time and energy, you know, so. Well, Gary, I know you visit Bojangles. Is there an app for Bojangles? <laughs> there is definitely one for McDonald's because okay. I, have, I have that one. <laughs> All right. Because I have to start with a 32-ounce Coke. I didn't tell you that part. Okay. I got two 32-ounce drinks at McDonald's before I went to Bojangles. I, How's I, that? I don't know how you that just do make it, you man. feel sick. It makes me think that you need to visit the bathroom a lot. I don't, I don't know. If that's know. true. You notice I don't have it in front of me because I finished both of them already. Uh, <laughs> well, Todd, it is always uh, appreciate the the chance for you to share uh, information and and sort of give us some ideas on some of the the trends that are out there where it's going and you know it's uh, you know based on the article we're reading and and the fact that we continue to. Uh, try to adapt to living with COVID. I think that a lot of these things continue to to be very relevant. So I appreciate you uh, you sharing uh, you sharing them with us today. But yeah, that's that's great. One of the things that goes along with that article is when we were doing the, the search on some of these uh, in the gig economy is that they've said in the last year that most of the people that have jumped on board to in particular like Uber driving and a lot of the 
traditional gig economy uh, things. And this is going to become an interesting question over time, too, is are they employees or they're not? Um, is that in, I think they, they estimate between 40 to 50 percent of them, it is their primary income. So for a lot of them, the jump was to, um, you know, to this, this became the alternative to whatever it is they probably would have done in the economy anyway. All right. All right. Well, yeah, we always like to uh, have our guests play our lightning round. You, you, you up for our lightning round today? Of course. Okay. Well, today's lightning round is, is sponsored by Globo Gym. Do you need to lose some weight and get in shape? Well, go to a different gym. But if your Ori look good, you should be going to Globo Gym. Check it out on the internet. Why were you looking at me? I'm not looking at you, Gary. <laughs> Mr. 32-ounce Pepsi guy. All right. We got a few quick, quick questions for you, Todd. So uh, don't overthink it, okay? So, okay. Question number one. What is your biggest pet peeve uh people who complain and don't come up with a solution a lot of complainers out there that's a good one uh what is your favorite vacation spot um wow that's a tough one i'll go with uh charleston Charleston's bingo good one okay Nine. todd what is your favorite day of the week Friday. All right. And today's Friday. You're spending it with uh, Gary and I, so that must be it. Is it better to give presents or get presents? Give. That's a good answer. Chocolate chip or oatmeal cookies? Oatmeal raisin. Oatmeal mm -hmm. raisin. Okay. Last question. What is a recent TV or movie recommendation that you have for us? Well, I'll go with... Uh, you know, in the, the spirit of your, your last show, which we mentioned, uh, you always do your entrepreneurial movie. Um, one that I'd recommend is uh, Being the Ricardos. Being the Ricardos. Uh, uh, that's the one about uh, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. It's on Amazon Prime, so you can catch it uh, without much issue. Um, the reason I mentioned it in, in terms of that is most people don't realize Desi Arnaz... I was hoping it would recognize him a little bit. There was some of it in the movie, but the guy basically invented the, the TV format, the, the multi-camera in live in front of a studio audience format that had never existed before that. He invented it. Does he or not? Uh, I didn't know that. Okay. And no, Nicole Kidman uh, is in this as well, isn't, he? isn't she? Yes. Javier Bardem plays Desi. And I mean, he's, it's, it's more about their romance and, and how they built their business together. Um, but, and, and that stuff's kind of in there a little bit, but I always knew that story about him being this very innovative guy. And if you want to, he, he was a, a, a huge, uh, great businessman not just was he a performer and all this other stuff and married to her but he was a very entrepreneurial guy himself but like i said he revolution and not only that but he not only did he he uh the format but also he came up with in essence because up until then they did everything live he ponied up the money and took pay cuts in order to, that they could record the tv shows and he invented reruns 
Hmm. Wow. So hmm. that they could be rebroadcast later. Well, yeah, that, as we learn. Yeah, that you know that wasn't really a lightning answer, but it was an interesting answer, Todd. So <laughs> right. thank you. So now, how do people find? How can people find you, Todd? And I would be remiss if I didn't tell our listeners that you also do some of your own podcasting. You have a podcast called the Toddcast. So, 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 how do people find you? Um, mine's on Anchor.fm backslash Todd Lydon. And all it is really is is movie reviews. Yeah, I mean, and and they're you know, they're like three to five minute type uh, reviews of of uh, stuff that's coming down the pike, and uh, you get a quick read on it. I'm I'm not as organized as you all, and able to do this long format stuff every, every time. So. Well, we have to have good guests. Yeah, well, that those we definitely have to have good guests, and you know, and then and then we pretty much wing it. So anyway, we <laughs> we appreciate you being with us today. Um, we always like to end our podcast by, by highlighting some small businesses that uh, we've come across. Todd, uh, what, uh, what small business do you want to give a shout out to today? I think I may have mentioned them in the past, but uh, a local place here, Cape Fear uh, Vineyard, um, has expanded into distilling in the last uh, couple of years, like a lot of other places in North Carolina. And I would highly recommend checking out Cape Fear Distillery. It's a local to Bladen. And they have uh, a variety of spirits, including a couple that I gifted this year that people were very pleased with, including a bourbon. They do whiskey, gin, rum, and I know I'm missing one. Um, but I would highly recommend checking them out. They, they, but they have a winery slash events uh, facility that they keep expanding. They've got cabins to rent. It's... Uh, a very smart guy, Alex Monroe here locally, who's done a very good job. Okay. Well, I'm, I, I sort of enjoy the bourbon. So, you know, if I, if I can drag you down this way, I might need uh, you to make a little delivery for me. I'm more than happy to. Okay. <laughs> Gary, what, uh, what small business are you going to tell us about today? Well, before I get to my small business that I gave teaser on, new online, this, I'm going to give a shout out to a small university football okay. team. Oh, yeah? The Wake Forest football team that I know all of our listeners have been following for the last several years. Well, we had the best football season in the history of the college, or at least 75 years. Congra congratulations to Wake Forest, and, and Gary is a very proud alumnus of, uh, of Wake Forest, and they, they romped all over Rutgers, Rutgers in the— Because Texas A&M wouldn't play us. They were too scared to play exactly. you. Exactly. And, and, uh, That'll be our story. That's a good story, and you actually went to the game. And I, I did. It was— so we had a great season. Well, that's great. It was the so we won't talk about football ever again, probably. Well, my team was in the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl, and that, that we didn't have as good a time. So but it, anyway. it still had a much better name than we had the Gator Bowl. You had the Mayonnaise Bowl. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, well, tell <laughs> okay. us about your small business. Well, thanks. My small business uh, highlights a longtime friend of Lawson, uh, one of our sons. She's a very talented young man or young woman, excuse me, who has created Corwin Pottery, which is in Gainesville, Georgia which is where she set up a pottery studio in 2020 during COVID, right before COVID actually, and that she creates timeless, uh, unique pottery and home goods uh, that she learned when she was in school. The owner and artist's name is Jada Corwin, and she's dreamed of creating her own business during her undergrad, as I just said, at University of Georgia, uh, and she found her passion with ceramics. 
Corwin Pottery began on a whim when Jada stumbled onto a kiln for sale and discovered that her dream could come true sooner rather than later. She uses the keen design eye and love for all things uh, minimal to produce functional pottery for your everyday use, as well as creating home goods for, from fabric and paintings. She sells her pottery online at www.corwinpottery.com, and hopefully in the future we'll be able to be walking into a brick-and-mortar store based on her success. We're very proud of her, and we're not only fans of Jada, but we're satisfied customers. Oh, very good. So is that Corwin with a C or a K? With a C. All right, so corwinpottery.com with a C. Yep. All right, well, people go out and check that out. Yep. Very uh, excited for her. Okay. Well... My small business of the month, it's, it's, it's sort of a little bit uh, down the lines of, of Todd's. Uh, it was, uh, and I'm crediting, it, crediting this month's, uh, my pick, to one of our listeners, Charles in Champaign, Illinois. Charles is originally from Asheville, and he stumbled into a business called Chemist Spirits in downtown Asheville. It was founded by Debbie Word in 2017. Uh, was born from a chemist gin. They ma- they make gin. That's their that's what their specialty is. They were born from a small uh, small family still, and uh, potentially some some moonshining. Uh, and now they uh, because of their unique appreciation for prohibition era distilling uh, led to creation of their first gin. And they have several different types of gins, and they use botanical vapor infused in a wheat and spirits and it's sort of interesting and unique in that it's uh it's a female owned and led distillery which is kind of unusual in this uh industry in 2019 they were they were founded in 20, uh, 2017 and only their second year of operation 2019 they won both the distillery of the year and one of their employees was actually named Mixologist of the Year at the North Carolina Restaurant and Lodging Association's Chef Showdown, which is one of the state's premier culinary competitions. They've got several different products from their Chemist American Gin to Chemist Barrel Rested Gin, Navy Strength Gin. Uh, now, it is possible that Charles from Champaign, Illinois, was accompanied by a podcast host and sampling these spirits and uh, I'm not a gin expert but Charles is and he was not able to leave without stocking up it's also possible that uh, he and said podcast person did additional sampling later that evening but that cannot be confirmed but anyway you can check them out at www.chemistspirits.com as Joe Bob would say you should check it out so Charles, thank you for that suggestion for our business of the month. If you've got a suggestion out there, you can uh, send it to us uh, at eexchange at themesh.tv. And uh, Charles will be getting one of our prize packs. You can, too. So uh, please send us your thoughts on that. We want to thank Todd Wyden for joining us today. We want to thank uh, the Mesh Podcast Network for hosting us. We wish everyone... Uh, the best for a safe and prosperous and productive 2022. Be safe out there, and we will look forward to talking to you again next month. Take care. Thanks, guys.